0: Did you think your fiance was the source of your happiness? Because she's not. She's absolutely not. No human is. And if as long as you think that, you will be disappointed every time. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Wherever you're coming from, love doing this. It's been a crazy time in my life because, you know, we just put out this movie called Moonrise uh, just a few days ago, last Thursday, December 15th on Pure Flix. So if you haven't seen it yet, go, go stream it on PureFlix, Flix and um, you could see me representing a character, my character uh maybe in a lot of ways is representing some of these questions that I get maybe maybe I could say that this podcast your questions inspired uh, a lot of Will Brown the character that I play in this movie perhaps maybe that's what I do on this podcast I answer your questions I always got time for you no matter what we got going on with music or touring or radio show after midnight or, or movie or book I got time for the podcast, got time to sit here and listen to your questions. You email me, GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. I walk through them like we're two friends, cab of a truck, sitting around a campfire, however you want to look at it. And I, I don't have notes in front of me. I don't have uh, a bunch of famous quotes or, or um, statistics set out in front of me. I'm just going gonna, gonna to read your question and I'm going to instantly answer it without prepping like we're just two friends. Like I would hope to give advice to a friend and like I would hope to get it back if I asked the question. That's really all it is. So not always right, but uh, I'm hoping I could lead you in the best direction that I know how. That's what this podcast is. Let's dive into the first question. Subject line here says, trying to become an Eagle Scout before 18. The question says, Hey, Mr. Granger, I'm Jacob. I'm from Washington. I'm 15 years old. I've been in the Boy Scouts for five years now working through all the ranks and merit badges. I have seven Eagle badges left and lots of paperwork left to fill out. I need to hold a position for 12 months. On top of all that, before I turn 18, I find myself staying up late each night writing and completing requirements, but it's getting stressful. It seems like I have so much work left before I can complete it, and I don't know if I'll have enough time. My guess, I guess my question is, how could I work through getting it all done without stressing and worrying about what will happen? Thanks. Looking forward to it. Always love listening to your podcast while I'm working, Jacob. Jacob, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for thank you for writing in, and thank you for listening at, at 15 while you're working. I love that. I think that's so cool. Um, here's the thing. This is this is crazy. You wrote this without even saying it. You 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 used the subject line. Almost as a humble brag, right? Like trying to become an Eagle Scout before eighteen. Now you wouldn't have said it that way unless you knew humble brag this is a big deal, dude. I, and I'm happy for you, and I'm not disagreeing. I think that's a really big deal. It's something I didn't do. Become an Eagle Scout before eighteen, like that's that, and live a life. <laughs> you do that because you want it on your resume. You want you want to do things in life that you could look back and go, man, that was that was tough when I did it. But here's the irony. The irony is, by you trying to do something hard, you're then literally complaining that it's hard. Of course it is. You know it is. Becoming Eagle Scout is not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. If it was mildly attainable, anyone else would do it because it's good for the resume. You, can, you an Eagle Scout? Yeah, everybody's an Eagle Scout. It's so easy. <laughs> no, it's difficult. Because it takes sacrifice, it takes hard work, it takes dedication. So through this sacrifice and hard work and dedication, you're seeing what the cost of that really is. You won't even realize it till years go by. And you're, you know, maybe 15 years, you're gonna look back and go, wow, that was tough. Like I laid it all out there. I remember back when I was a teenager and I became an Eagle Scout, I laid it all on the line and it was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And I'm so happy that I did. That's that's why that's why you're doing it. You, that's why we do hard things. So then we turn around and we go, I did it. I persevered through it. The sacrifice was difficult. Now it's not a surprise though that now you're in it. You're in, you're in the arena and you're in the battle and you're going, Hey, this is hard. Good. That's my thought. Bring on the heat. Make it harder. That that would be my thought to you, Jacob. And you're like, What? bring on the heat. That's what I would tell you. Bring it on. The harder it it is right now for you to do, the harder it is, the more you're going to be able to kick back one day and go, I did it. I completed it. The easier it is, who cares? The less you're going to talk about it, the less it even matters in your life. Lean into the hard things. You got this, buddy. Next question. Subject line says, long relationship with troubled times. Hey, Granger. My name is Jaden. I'm 23. Already I'm like, dude, 23 and a long relationship. Okay. I'm ready. I'm 23. I'm from Kentucky, but I live in Indiana. I met my now fiance in 2017, but we've been together since August of 2017. We now have a son born January 13th, 2021. We have grown a lot since we met, we've had our fair shares of issues. Our current issue is she isn't happy with my ability to give her attention and sex. I feel like I've grown out of our relationship. I find myself thinking more and more that getting out of the relationship would be better. I care for her, but I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do if I'm not happy. I'm afraid of splitting up because our but splitting up our family. Because we have days here and there that are amazing, but I've lost sexual attraction to her. And to her, our sex life gives her the attention and love that she lacks. Thanks, Granger. Your podcast has given me hope that there are answers. God bless lowercase g. You didn't write lowercase g. I said that. But you wrote God in lowercase g. I think it's important to to call that out, um, Jaden. Bro, thank you so much. Thank you for uh, thank you for listening. Twenty three. Thank you for tuning in and trusting uh, this podcast. That means a lot. Um, let me dive in here. Okay, this is the first thing that sticks out. There's a lot of things that stick out in this question. The first thing that sticks out is this sentence right here. I care for her but I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do if I'm not happy. Oh, did you think that she was the source of your happiness? Oh, did you think your fiance was the source of your happiness? Because she's not. She's absolutely not. No human is. And if as long as you think that, you will be disappointed every time because it's a human and humans will let you down. They're not the source of your happiness or your joy or your hope or your peace or your love. That comes from your creator. Your identity comes from the one that made you. Everything else, like a fiance, is a gift to enjoy from the creator, but is not the source of it. It's not the source of happiness. You want me to prove it to you? I could prove it in another thing that you said. You said, I have lost sexual attraction to her. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. You're 23. You're 23. You've lost sexual attraction to her. First of all, you know on this podcast I'm going to say that we don't have sex before marriage. Why? Oh, there's problems. Kind of like what's happening, what's going on here. The waters are getting muddy. There's a child involved now. You're not married yet, and now you're doubting whether you not you should even be in it. Now this this is setting a path. This is setting a path that's hard to to recreate correct for the child. Right? Okay. Now I've said on this podcast before. It's ruining the child's life. I don't I don't mean it that way. I don't mean to say it that way, but I do say that it makes it difficult it makes it more di- a path that's more difficult to straighten okay now d- with a difficult path sometimes that makes us better but we don't want to intentionally make a difficult path for our kids so that they can then recorrect and make them better that doesn't make any sense we we want to we want to set them off on a course that's that's favorable to them and divorce or separation from biological mama is not favorable okay so we got that Now, back to my point, I'm going to prove to you that your happiness does not draw from this woman. You said our sex life, I've lost sexual attraction to her. That's what you said. Bro, oh, here's another question I have. Do you think that sexual attraction is the reason you love someone? Do you think that sexual attraction is the reason you stay with someone? Let me bring up a point. Remember Pamela Anderson? Everyone remember Pam, Pamela Anderson, right? Baywatch. She was like the babe of America. Hey, she was like the babe of the world for a long time in the '90s or whatever. Remember the movie Borat it was all about that. It was all about the babe Pamela Anderson. Now, in all due respect to Miss Anderson, has anyone googled her lately? Has anyone done a Google image search of Pamela Anderson? Then, and like I said. All absolute due respect. I'm just trying to prove a point. She's not a babe anymore. She's not a babe on Baywatch that anyone would want to watch. Just saying. Like, I hesitate saying that because I want to be very respectful, but babes are going to lose their babe-isms, right? Like, we all get older. The, the The guys and the girls, we get older. We get wrinkly. We gain weight around the waist. That's what happens to all of us. So what do you do then, buddy? That's that's my question to you, Jaden. What do you do then when the love of your life is 65, 70, 80, 90 years old, and all of that physical attraction that you had when you were 23 is completely gone? Oh, because it needs more than physical attraction. Because you dig deeper than that. You look deeper than that because if that's what you're going by if you're going by physical sexual attraction if that's what you're going by it's going to fade at some point it's gone like maybe not now but maybe 10 years maybe 20 years maybe 30 at some point she's not the young 20 year old girl that you were attracted to at the very beginning so it takes more so th- these are two major points one you don't get your ta- you don't get your happiness from her She's not the source of it. And two, you don't base re- your relationship on whether or not you're sexually attracted anymore. That's not a factor. And then she's got the same problem. Because then you say, to her, our sex life gives her the affection and love she lacks. What's she lacking? What do you mean she, the love she lacks? I know what you mean, because that's our society today. We're lacking. We're lacking. We need. We're half. We're. I got a half a heart. Then I need someone to come in and give me the rest of my heart. It's just lacking. My love is lacking. It's like my heart is just a just in fragments. So I'm looking for a soulmate to reconnect and make me whole. Like that's the that's the idea, right? And then. You realize, after a few years, eh, it was better with half a heart than to sit here in this miserable marriage, to sit here unattracted to this woman that I have three kids with and I don't really care. All she does is complain. And that's the American idea. And so then then you think, well, there must be somebody else. Somebody else. I was wrong. That's what it is. I was wrong about my half a heart that this person was going to fill. There's somebody else out there that I just messed up the first time, but the second go around I'll find the one that's really gonna fill it, and that person surely is the source of my happiness. I just I messed up. I made a mistake. I made a mistake, but the the next person they they're the right one. Okay, and then you realize ah oh, I think I did it again. I think I messed up again. So I'm kind of thinking about getting out of this one and trying a third time because third times a charm, right? That's the trap we get into. Here's what you do, Jaden. You, you make a commitment to this girl. You say, Look, I chose you. You chose me. We made a child together. We're going to get married. And we're going to stay committed because that's the right thing to ju- do, Jaden. That's the right thing to do with integrity. You stay with this girl. You realize that so many people. Over so many years of history before us, we're in arranged marriages. You know that it's it's like a strange idea in 2022 in Western culture that we get to choose each other and we date and court each other. That's a strange idea in the course of history. Most people were arranged. You met your wife on your wedding day. Anyone's crazy? They usually stayed together. Why? because it was deeper than physical attraction because it was deeper than looking for a source of their own happiness in another person it was more it was it was way deeper it was a commitment to that person I will choose you I will stay with you I will be committed to you through sickness and health rich or poor that's what we do those words used to mean something in the Puritan days. They are gone now. Commitment is gone. We just are so fleeting. We, we flip a marriage like we do a TikTok. It's wrong. Where's the commitment, Jaden? You're not going to find it somewhere else. Take it from me. You might not want to listen. You might not want to hear it, but you will not find it somewhere else. You're going to be back at square one. You might see a nice shiny object out there, but that's not where your answer is. Your answer is in the word of God. It's in the Bible. That's where you'll see it. That's where you'll find it. Next question before I go off to on a tangent. By the way, Jacob, I love you, bro. I didn't say that. I I tend to say that every question. I genuinely love you, bro, Jaden. I I have a tendency on this podcast to kind of go off and to sound harsh, right? That's not what I mean, okay? I, I do that because I'm so passionate about this podcast and I'm so passionate about my listeners and the people that listen. If, look at it this way, if I didn't care, if I hated you, bro, if I, if I just didn't care, (laughs) I'd just move on. Or I'd give you an easy answer. I'd make it as quick as possible. But because I do care, I just want you to know my heart, man. I want you to know my heart. And I want you to truly walk through this life and go 20 years down the road and go, man, Granger was right. I, I am... I'm content now because I didn't seek some fleeting happiness that I could never catch. And it's not that I'm right. it's, it's I'm just falling back on the Bible. Next question. Off the soapbox. Sub decline future career. Hey, Granger. my name is Caleb. I'm 16 in the Southwest part of Washington. I'm a sophomore in high school and I'm struggling to figure out what I'm going to do in the future. I want to be a rancher and learn bull riding but I'm, certainly, I'm currently not in a place where it's easy to learn how to ranch. I've been asking God what to do. What should I do? How do I get started in ranching and rodeo? Sorry for asking a question like this when others have more important things to worry about. Hope you have a great day. God bless. Caleb, let me correct that. Why'd you say that last thing to me? Don't say that, bro. I mean, everybody has questions— that are heavy on their heart, and it's relative to their life. Like, like this question right now, Caleb, for you at 16 in the southwest part of Washington, sophomore in high school, struggling to figure out what you want to do in life, like that's top of mind. That is relevant and very real to you. Just like Jaden had a very real issue going on at 23. Okay, so don't don't take away from your own question by saying there's other people with more important things to worry about. We're focusing on you right now, brother. This is you. This is your time. Me and you cab of the truck. Here we go. First thing I'm going to say is. If you want to be a rancher. And a bull rider full time. The first thing I would do is find somebody that does that full time and I know there's some of them in Southwest Washington. I know for a fact, I've seen them. You seek out a rancher and you go, hey, my name is Caleb. I'm 16 years old. I'm a sophomore in high school. And I really want to ranch. I really want to bull ride. Like that's, that's exciting to me. It's interesting to me. And I've never been around people that do it. And I was wondering if I could shadow you around next summer. I'm willing to come there and, and work for you and I'll work for cheap, but I just want to shadow you and I want to learn from you and I want to hear from you and I want to see what you do and i to see when you wake up and when you go to bed and what you eat and, and everything you do in between. Can I do that? And hopefully he says, yeah. And if he says no, then you go to another guy and you ask the same thing. But that, that, that's, that's what I recommend with any career. Like whatever it is you're thinking, you want to be a police officer, you want to be a country music singer, you want to be a bull riding rancher. You find someone, you just shadow them, and you work for cheap. You make him coffee in the morning. You take out the trash at night. You fill up his truck. You run errands for him. You go to get his jeans starched for him, right? You get his hat his hat reshaped for him. <laughs> you do whatever he needs done. Things that he goes, man. This Caleb kid is awesome. I, I, I took him on as a favor, but now I'm starting to think that, that the favor is all mine because he's the one doing all this stuff for me. He makes my coffee in the morning. He wakes up before I do and coffee's ready and hot. And he warms up my truck for me. I go out there in the, in the cool of the summer and my truck is warm. You know, be that guy. Be that guy that's just no one can get rid of because you're too valuable. And in the meantime, you're learning about ranching. You're learning about bull riding. You're asking hard questions. Hey, Mr. Rancher, could I ask you another question? How did you get enough money to start this? How did you get into the Where did you get into this? How did you learn about this? And what you might learn is you don't want to do it anymore. You might walk away at the end of that summer and go, man, that was just not what I thought. <laughs> That's not the career I thought I wanted. Good. You figured it out. Or you might go, man, I'm more hooked than I ever was. And now you got a connection. Yeah, you, know, you got an entry point. You got something to aim for. It's not just this big, broad stroke. How do I get into this massive industry of ranching? Now you got a pinpoint target. I'm going to shoot for that. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to work for that guy. As soon as high school is done, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to this trade school. I'm going to work right at this, this place right here. I'm going to take this trip, and I'm going to go and, and work in South Texas, or I'm going to go up and work in Nebraska. But at least you got a, you got a starting place. That's what you do. Here's the, other, the last thing I'll say about this. You said you've been asking God what to do. What do you mean? Like, God, tell me what to do about ranching? you emailed me. That's one thing. If we want to hear what God has to say, listen, for anything, for anybody, you want to hear what God has to say, you open the Bible and you start reading at a good starting point, like Matthew 1 or Genesis, maybe Paul's letters, start in Romans. Start in the Bible and you start reading and you say, God, feed me. Let me learn your character. Let me see the, the miracles in this book. Let me see the, the providence that you are, that you, that you have poured on your people. Let me see you through these words. Then God's speaking. Then you say, God, you for some reason, you've placed in my heart that I want to be a rancher. I'm craving this, this idea to be a rancher. And I know that when I'm seeking the Lord, when I'm giving the Lord my whole heart, he gives me desires of the heart. So I feel like this desire to be a rancher comes from you. So now I'm gonna, I'm gonna start on this path. I'm gonna go down this path. And as I'm going down the path of becoming a rancher, I'm gonna see where, where are you in this, God? What are you showing me in this? Who am I gonna meet? Like what could I do for the kingdom in this path? Not for me. Not because it's some, some dream I have for me that I wanna accomplish something for me, so I can hang a trophy on the wall for me, so that I could ride a bull for eight seconds for me. For you, God, what are you trying to show me in this path? What do you need me to see? And would I be willing to give it all up at the drop of a cowboy hat for you? That's the question you ask. We'll take a break and be right back. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. As you might know, my brand new movie, Moonrise, is out Now, streaming on PureFlix. Download the PureFlix app. This is Sony Pictures streaming service. It's family-friendly. So every single thing they have on this streaming service is family-friendly. You're not going to be surprised by any themes that you might not approve of for your children. So you could watch it together without even preparing, without without taking notes on what it's going to be like or researching it. You could just sit back, turn on PureFlix, hit the next film, and press play. Moonrise, my movie, is on there. It just came out last Thursday. So super excited about my very first film to be on here. And I would love to get your feedback on what you think about Moonrise. Also, the album I have, the soundtrack for that movie of the same title. That's streaming everywhere. You can hear the music wherever you love to hear music. Also, this time of year, a really cool gift you can get for someone in your family is Cameo. That's a Cameo from me. I could say whatever you need me to say. Merry Christmas, uh, inc- words of encouragement, um, maybe happy birthday, whatever it might be. It's, it's actually a pretty cool gift and super easy for you. You go to Cameo.com slash Granger Smith. You find me or you could download the Cameo app and search for me, Granger Smith. And then you just type exactly what you want me to say. I pull out my phone. I turn on the camera. I flip it around. I do a selfie video saying what you need me to say to who you need me to say it to. Super simple. Cameo.com slash Granger Smith. Back to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Diving right back into these questions, you email me, GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com, and I'll throw it in the queue. Subject line on this next one says... Business with my dad. Hey, Granger. My name is James. I'm 20 years old. I'm a mechanic from a small town in Michigan. I've been a fan for a while. Love this podcast. Thank you, brother. My dad is opening a shop and wants me to be a mechanic there and end up taking over. I think it would be cool. But I also don't know if I could handle working with him because he's constantly criticizing my work, saying that I don't know anything about cars or my certifications don't seem to mean anything. I love my dad and i would feel terrible telling him no but dealing with him constantly criticizing me is seriously irritating me we are both very independent people and hard-headed so fights will no doubt occur i'm stressed about my future because i want to own my own shop but i don't really know how to do it without with my father should i suck it up and work with him or do my own thing thanks for your time god bless james james thanks for the email buddy and the kind words man Um, man, what a cool situation you're in. I know that's not what you expected me to say, but you want to be a mechanic. You're evidently really good at it. You want to own your own shop one day, and you have a clear path to doing that through your dad. In fact, your dad wants you to be a mechanic there and wants you to take over his shop. Everything's right. This is this is a, a perfect fairy tale scenario. You're you're a good mechanic. Your dream is to own a shop one day. Your dad wants you to work at his shop and take over his shop one day. Perfect, right? Not quite. Then the bad news comes in. You don't totally get along with your dad. So that's where the question comes in. And I think it's a legitimate question. I'm going to ask you a few things hypothetically here. Your dad irritating you, and he's hard headed, so are you. Fights will no doubt occur, according to you. What is your role in that? Right? How do you respond to that? Because that's what you can control. You can't control him. You can't, this whole mess about you don't know anything about cars. Let me stop right there. Let, let me repeat the scenario back to you, and you tell me if this makes any sense at all. Your dad wants you to take over his pride and joy shop, and he says you don't know anything about cars. Well, something Something's not adding up there. I'll tell you what's not adding up is him telling you that. Of course, of course he knows you know about cars because otherwise he wouldn't have you take over his shop. You think he would have an idiot take over his shop that doesn't know anything about cars? His legacy, his pride and joy, his business that he's worked and built for so long. You think he wants an idiot that knows nothing about cars to take over the business? Even if it's his own son, he would lie to you. He would say, buddy, I'm going to find somebody else to Take over the shop because you got better things to do. You you got a lot of other things going on in life, and so I'm going to find uh, my other buddy here to take over the shop. But don't worry, it's nothing about you. You just that's what he would do, right? He he wouldn't he wouldn't lie to you. He, he wants you to take over the shop because he knows you are really good with cars. So that means that this this whole deal that him saying you know nothing about cars, that's some kind of way that he's encouraging you. That's his personality. That's the way, that's his love language. That's the way your dad tells you, come on, buddy, you got this. (laughs) Now you wish that he could say it that way. But what he's, what he's trying to say is you are better than, than what you're doing right now. You're better than this. And you're 20. So it's a legitimate argument. If my dad told me that at 20, I would believe him now because I wasn't, I, I wasn't operating in full capacity when I was 20. So remember when your dad is saying, these certificates mean nothing, what he, what, he's, what he means is, listen, I know you've gotten out, you've gotten these mechanic certifications, that's great, but what you need to do is get street start smart with me. You need to learn the, the, the ways of the shop through me, through trial and error, through mistakes, through, through hardships, I want you to learn from me. It's great you have certificates, but those mean nothing but pieces of paper. They're good for knowledge, but until you could use that knowledge in a real way, they mean nothing. That's what he means. When he says, you know nothing about cars, what he means is, son, you haven't been tested yet. You might be smart. You might have certificates, but you need to be tested. And to be tested, work with me. I know you could do this. (laughs) In fact, you're smarter than I was at your age. And you're going to do so great. That's why I'm handing you the keys to the shop. But if you want to do this the right way, if you want to learn, if you want to be successful in this business, follow me. I'll show you through all the mistakes I've made how to do this the right way. I know, James, that's what he's trying to tell you, man. And instead of you being hard-headed and going, listen, Dad, I do know a lot about cars. These, You know how long I worked on these certifications, Dad. I, I'm going to start my own shop one day. Instead of being that guy, just say, yes, sir. following you, Dad. I'm here for you, Dad. Sorry I messed that up. I'll get better next time. I want to get better, Dad. I want to get better for you. I want to get better for this shop. I want I want this shop to be great one day, and I'm going to learn it from you. What if, James, what if you said that? <laughs> what if he said that? What a what a crazy thought, right? Instead, you resist and you go, no, dad, I'm, I'm revolting. I'm hard-headed like you. We're going to fight. You can't control how he says it. You can't control the way he encourages you, but you can control how you react. And I would suggest you react with, yes, sir. Yes, sir, dad, because guess what, James? I could tell you firsthand, years are gonna go by, and one day, you're gonna lose your dad. Take it from me. You're gonna lose your dad, and you're gonna wish you had five more minutes with him. Cup of coffee, car comes in, working on a problem, figuring out some issues, just you and him in the garage. You're gonna long for those days, He's going to be gone and you're going to, you're going to go into that, that shop and you're going to go on that wall and you're going to find an old wrench that was stuffed in the back behind all the other tools and you're going, to, you're going to pull it out and you're going to go, wow, I haven't seen this wrench in seven years. The last person that picked it up was dad and he dropped it back behind this table and you're going to have flashbacks. You're going to go, I remember when dad used this wrench. I remember when dad criticized me for my stupid certificates. I remember when dad told me that I knew nothing about cars. And I know now that he was was just trying to encourage me. He he didn't really mean that. And I really miss him. I miss that old hard-headed guy. I miss his voice. I miss his laugh. I miss hanging with him. In fact, I actually miss his criticism. James, that's what you're going to say one day. It's hard hard for me to get that into your head because it seems so far off. Maybe it's 20 years for you. Maybe it's 30 years. Maybe it's 10 years. Maybe it's tomorrow. We just don't know. But it's the reality. There is no other path. To answer your question short, there is no other path. No, you're not going to go off and make your own shop one day. You're going to take this path. You're going to take the path of your old man, as stubborn as he is. He loves you. He loves you. Otherwise, he never would have asked you to take over this shop. Your response is, yes, sir. Let's hit another question here. The question says, to start with, I have anxiety, but it's a part of me. I've lived with it for a long time, and I've learned how to live with it because God created me this way but I met this amazing woman. I hear you say all the time that people ask you if they, how they know if they're the right one for them. Well, I just knew the second I met her and she feels the exact same as me. The kind of love we have in our connection is nothing less than God's blessing. These are all lowercase g gods. We both had some hard times in our past and we deserve this kind of love. I'm gonna marry this woman. I already have it planned. But I look at myself as not deserving enough of her because she's perfect in my eyes. But my anxiety fights a lot and makes me think I'm not doing good or enough or whatnot. And then she instantly reassures me and refuses to let me feel that way. I'm so thankful for her. But do you have any tips for me to be able to work through it myself also? Maybe some tips to ground myself. Thank you so much. Keep on doing what you're doing. God's work, lowercase g, God bless. Um, This question is, is it anonymous? Didn't say, I'm going to leave it anonymous. Okay, so you're having anxiety. I'm catching up here. I read these for the first time right here on the podcast. You're having anxiety. You love this girl. You're going to marry this girl. You have a great connection, but you feel undeserving of this kind of love. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Your anxiety fights you. and makes you feel like you're not doing enough. You're not enough and whatnot. She constantly reassures you and refutes you and says no. Okay, cool. Um, well, I'm going to kind of relate back to the, one of the first questions that we did on this episode and say, did you think that you're trying to get your identity from her? Did you think that she is the source of your happiness? Did you think that she is completing you in a way? Did you think if you lose her, you will lose half of yourself and die? Let me put it this way, anonymous. Say you get married. I'm going to build this hypothetical situation for you. Say you you get married and you you she's the love of your life. Like you said, you, you just have this connection. She is God's blessing, lowercase g, according to you nothing less than God's blessing. You deserve this because you've been through hard times. But seven seven years down the road, you get a call from the doctor. She just got back. It's cancer. She's got breast cancer. It's really bad. It's taken her quickly. She lives six months. She's gone all your identity was in this woman. She was God's blessing to you. She was a gift that became your whole identity, that became the source of your happiness, the source of your joy, the source of your hope. What do you do? You said, give you some tips to be grounded. I'm gonna give you the scenario to ground yourself. What do you do if that's the situation? I could tell you what you would do in that hypothetical situation. You would be lost. You would lose your mind. You'd go crazy. You would grieve uncontrollably. You would mourn and mourn until it became destructive and turned into depression, which is self-deprecating. It started destroying you, eating you from the inside out. Because the love of your life, your identity, the source of your joy, the source of your happiness is now dead. And you have no more of it. You were completed by her. She completed your soul. And now she died. And so half of your soul died. And there's no recovery. You're gone. There is no more hope. If we were in the cab of the truck driving down a county road, I would say this scenario. And then you would have to answer to that. Because that's kind of a feeling I get from this question from you. Or you, you're just you're hanging on to a thread. You're you're hanging on to this because because you don't want to mess it up. You got it just so tight, and you're squeezing so tight, right? And you're just hanging on to this you, for dear life. You don't want to lose it. And I don't, Granger. I don't know what to do. We got to, I don't feel like I deserve it. I'm not doing it. I've always feel like I'm not doing enough, or I'm not I'm not being enough. I'm not I'm not enough. And even though she reassures me and tells me that that, that I am enough, I'm just holding on, to, I'm holding on to so tight. And you're squeezing the life out of it. With that closed fist, you're destroying it. Open your fist. If you truly believe this is a gift from God, uppercase G, if you truly believe she is a blessing and a gift from God, then you open your palm and you hold it with an open hand. And you say, God, you give, you take away. I love this woman. I love the gift that she is to me, but I'll know that I'll always worship the giver of the gift more than the gift itself. Open hand, open palm. Don't suffocate this. You're talking like a desperate man that's trying to do everything he can to justify how he possibly deserves this good woman. And then she's just playing catch up, trying to reassure you over and over. And then eventually she's going to be annoyed by this. It's nice right now. What's it going to look like in 10 years? I don't deserve you. Eventually that's going to creep into her head and she's going to go, maybe I don't. You've been saying it for 10 years. Your anxiety is driving me crazy. Maybe. Everybody's got a breaking point on their patience. My advice is don't squeeze her. Don't suffocate her. Ground yourself by knowing that your happiness doesn't come from her. It's an overflow from the love that you have with her. But it's not her. Your identity does not come from her. Think about that. Think about that long and hard. That's a big deal. Because if you don't, you're in trouble in any of the scenarios I laid out for you. Let's hit another one here. Subject line on this one says, advise please. Hey, Granger, I'd like to stay anonymous, but I've been going out with this girl. And she says with her two jobs and moving, she's not sure if she can make things work right now. And she wants to keep talking and going out but she doesn't want to waste my time if she can't see me super often. Your help would be a lifesaver. Okay, th- this is super simple, and um, and you guys have heard similar questions like this. So I'm going to be, hey, anonymous, This is this is totally out of love, but let me repeat what you said back to you so you could see it. I'm going to turn them, take this mirror, and I'm going to flip it around on you so you could see yourself in the mirror. She says... She's just going to take on two jobs and she's not sure she could make things work with you right now. But she wants to keep talking and going out. She just doesn't want to waste your time if she can't see you super often. As you're looking at the mirror that I flipped around, I want you to see how ridiculous that sounds. She wants to keep going out and talking to you, but she doesn't want to waste your time Because she's got two jobs. What she's saying is, I don't care about you enough for you to take time into my jobs. My jobs are more important than you. Me making money in this career is way more important than actually dating you, which means this dating thing is not going anywhere. You're not a future husband of mine, is what she's saying. Okay? So, dude the whole t- want to keep talking and keep going out can't happen so you just go back and you just say hey i'm i know you're being nice I, and i appreciate the tender heart that you have for me you don't want to hurt my feelings but i could take it i'm a man i could take it just let me let me have it i know you don't like me um and she's like no i do like you and you're like I, I understand i i know a breakup when i hear it i heard it on the granger smith podcast just kidding don't say that but the the answer is I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, Thank you for being kind, but I don't think I could hang out or talk on the phone at all. That's it. It's not a a knock on you. I just, I can't handle that. My heart can't handle balancing all that. So I'm going to have to politely bow out of everything. Goodbye. Thank you. This is a breakup. This is a hard breakup. The end. Next question, subject line says, question for you to talk about on your podcast. Good subject line. Hey, Granger, I have a question that would be great for you to answer on one of your podcasts. My question is, is dating to marry still a thing? Do people still date to marry? I hear so many people that say, young love isn't real. Or, you'll never marry her because she's your first girlfriend. I was just wondering if you could talk about this topic on your podcast. Thank you. Okay, so... um. I have a feeling you're super young and that's why you're, I have a feeling you're dating uh, early on in your life. And so that's why people are saying you'll never uh, marry because she's your first girlfriend. So this must be your first girlfriend. Got it. Um, let me answer bluntly, is dating to marry still a thing? Hmm. It never was not a thing it never will not be a thing no matter what culture says no matter what tendency people want to go on no matter what social media trend is happening no matter what happens in life our society our civilization marriage and dating for marriage is the only thing there is no other way than marriage like there, there, there is no other purpose for dating than marriage. Dating isn't a thing without marriage, period. There's no sports dating, sport dating. There is no casual dating. There was no whatever else name you want to give to dating that means anything or has any point or has any value or does anything for anybody besides mild entertainment than dating to now, dating wasn't always a thing. That's a new thing. It's a, it's a, it's a late in life thing. That's a late on the timeline of humans thing. But marriage is always a thing. Marriage is biblical. Marriage goes back to the beginning of time. Marriage goes back to the beginning of creation. Marriage. And, and our relationship with Christ represents a marriage. We are the bride of Christ, we represent a marriage a biblical marriage. We represent a marriage on earth. We make a covenant with our spouse here. So yes, it doesn't matter what you've heard. It doesn't matter why you've asked that question. It doesn't matter who told you something that made you think that that question didn't matter. It does because the Bible says it does. And the Bible transcends me or my opinion or social media or culture or modern science. It is older than all that. It has stood over the test of time Through all that. So, yes, dating to marry is still a thing. It is the thing. Okay. Now, the other things you said young love isn't real. You know, that's ridiculous. I don't know what that even means, but of course it's real. Um, You'll never marry her because she's your first girlfriend. I don't understand what that means. It's possible. It's not always it's not always gonna happen, but it's definitely possible. We have thousands of examples, millions of examples. So yeah, that's that's the issue. It's super simple. I made it super complicated, but it's really easy. Is is dating to marry still a thing? You better believe it. Love you guys. See you next Monday.
3: any disease.